You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and this episode is hosted by Kat. We are pleased to present to you actor Alicia Bow who recently starred in the Sundance A24 film called When You Finish Saving the World, Jesse Eisenberg's directorial debut. We're excited to have her on to talk about that and so much more. Alicia Bow, born in Norway and raised in LA, is best known for her role as Jessica in the critically acclaimed and highly successful Netflix series, 13 Reasons Why. Bo's role in this series was received as a moving and accurate portrayal as a sexual assault survivor trying to find justice against her attacker. On the big screen, Bo will next be seen in A24's When You Finish Saving the World, Jesse Eisenberg's directorial debut. Starring alongside Julianne Moore, Finn Wolfhard, Bo plays the object of affection of an inspiring teenage internet musician, inspiring him to care more about the world outside of their small Midwest town. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast, hosted by Kat and featuring actor Alicia Bow. Alicia, I'm Kat with Black Girl Nerds. It is a pleasure. Hi, Kat. I'm really excited to be here. Yay! I'm so glad we can make this happen because I, for one, have followed your career a little bit. Uh, especially with uh, 13 Reasons Why. So I'm very excited to talk to you today. Oh, awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So congratulations. Uh, When you finish Saving the World, uh, just hit Sundance. So how are you feeling? I feel good. This is like my first uh, Sundance experience. Although it was virtual, I kind of, it was just like a dream come true because I've always wanted to go to Sundance as like mm-hmm. a young actress and it felt really <laughs> awesome to especially come with this movie, which I'm so proud of. That's awesome. How did you uh, become attached with this movie? Um, I got sent the script and um, loved it, of course, then did an audition and, you know, the boring, normal audition process of, you know, I had to put myself on tape and then, you know, do the callback and this was during the pandemic in the thick of it so um yeah everything was all virtual so got casted virtually and then all of a sudden I was in Albuquerque filming that's awesome I mean how how different or you know easier or harder is it to really audition you know with with COVID and everything do you prefer the in-person or do you think you're more at ease on tape I used, it was a journey. I used to love it. I'm like, oh, this is so easy. I don't have to brave LA traffic. I don't have to drive to Santa Monica or like, you know, go 
three like take three hours out of my day to go to one audition or two or three and then it became slightly more annoying because it's like you become kind of a perfectionist because you're at home so you're like oh shit I have to do my best possible work and then you're just like torturing your friend being like oh my (laughs) hours and it's two pages can we just keep going and it's the worst thing to watch yourself um, back (laughs) and um, yeah so it's a journey and it's especially kind of um, it's strange I mean as you probably know too like doing zoom meetings and people all over the world and it's like 5 a.m for someone and it's noon for you and trying to connect and if you accidentally like cut someone off or make a joke it's just there's like this disconnect there but um yeah it's 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 a journey you know yeah hate it (laughs) (laughs) no I I completely understand where you're coming from I uh this zoom thing is I'm still getting used to it and it's been what two years (laughs) yeah I know it's scary to say two years out loud it's terrible it is it is so back to uh sorry when I go off tangents a little bit (laughs) when you finish saving the world (laughs) so this is you know Jesse Eisenberg's directorial debut uh how is it working with a director who has that acting resume as well I found it extremely comforting because he obviously knew what the actor's perspective was and he made it such an easy collaborative experience and um, that's all you really can wish for in a director really is that they are collaborative and Jesse was really amazing to work with and it was it was very organic in that sense. That's good organic is a good word I like that okay and so if you don't mind tell us a little bit about your character and, you know, really what aspects of her did you kind of attach yourself to the most? Um, So yeah, When You Finish Saving the World is about a mother, Evelyn, and her son, Ziggy, Mm -hmm. um, who have this disconnect. They're not really understanding each other and they ultimately try to find kind of, for lack of a better word, replacements in different people, Evelyn finding in, in, a, in a boy at her uh, women's shelter that she works at and Ziggy finding it in my characters, uh, Lila. And Lila is a very, very passionate, politically driven woman. And what I really loved about her was her tenacity and her, her pure heart of actually and how deeply she cared about these issues and how specific these issues were. And she had likes to write poetry and um, express herself politically in that way. Um, I just kind of fell in love with her because I was like, wow, I wish I was as smart as 17, 16 years old. (laughs) And she, I was kind of looked up, I looked up to her and learned a lot from her um, politically and emotionally. And um, I really found it exciting the opportunity to be able to play this weird dynamic that she had with Ziggy of this constant like push and pull and how awkward it was and like <laughs> cringy at moments and it was just it was just such a great opportunity to be able to play that character. Yeah I mean taking a cue from your character are there any uh issues that or not even issues that but things that you're passionate about that you're proud to advocate for? Well, yeah, I am a young black woman in America. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> I mean, there are definitely a lot of issues that I deeply care about. We can start with, you know, women's reproductive rights and mm -hmm. all the terrible, terrible things that are happening in Texas right now that are apocalyptic. Um, obviously, Black Lives Matter and Black people's rights and mm -hmm. um, the LGBTQ community. Um, yeah, I think it's just all of those things. Those two yeah. three. And then obviously the growing homelessness in Los Angeles and all the major cities. So yeah, saying that out loud makes so me world everything. <laughs> I care about everything. <laughs> no, I, that's fair. There, yeah. there are a lot of things going on these days. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, um, you mentioned, obviously you started your journey as an actress pretty young. I mean, like 10 or 11 years old, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say yeah. So. so how has it been, you know, this journey through the entertainment industry as a black woman? <laughs> um, yeah, it was definitely interesting. I, I did like one movie when I was 11 and then I stopped and started up again when I was like 15, 16. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I'm 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 about to be 25 in like a month or something, and it hasn't been that long since I was a teenager. But let's say 10 years ago when I was 15 mm -hmm. auditioning, it was interesting because back then it was I would be <laughs> I would be sent out on parts that were Filipino, I would be sent out for parts that <laughs> were Hispanic, I would be essentially be sent out for any ethnicity under the umbrella of ethnically ambiguous and wow. um, <laughs> as the industry has become you know quote quote unquote woke um it's changed and it's pivoted a bit but although not as much as i mean we obviously have a lot more progress to do in terms of tokenism and how black people are represented as a whole and mm -hmm. all the other minorities but i've definitely seen some progress um now and definitely more opportunities for women that look like me darker skinned black women and um all the like Asians, Hispanics, and all of the other um, minorities that really didn't have a chance before in the, such mm -hmm. a short time ago, really. And um, but it's really not hit the mark quite yet. I mean, we still have a long way to go. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting being like in my formative years, seeing that shift in our entertainment industry. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> that is a shift going from. 15 year olds and you're playing any race under the sun, basically. And they're like everything but white. You can't be white. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm happy. You can cast a white mom and a black dad. You know, that's like, I couldn't book any commercials because as a kid, like you usually had to be in a family and they're like, um, I don't, you're just so confusing to look at. Like, what are you? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Wow. Um, so, you know, that you mentioned the film also is is very heavy on the, you know, the mother child relationship. And I'm wondering what were some of the moments that you could relate to the most, given that dynamic in the film? There's <laughs> um, growing up as a teenager, but like also as a young adult, because I can only speak up, like speak for myself, but um, 
there's definitely that frustration of this person who you guys both adore each other and love each other so much, but there is this deep misunderstanding sometimes of like, mm-hmm. you know, the daughter or son or whatever, not really, or getting frustrated because they're not seeing their uh, maternal figure really um, in the way the light that they want to be seen in and the mom being frustrated that, you know, their son or whatever doesn't understand them. And that's mm-hmm. just like a constant miscommunication struggle. And it's, it's really touching to see how we can bridge that gap and communication style. I mean, of course, there's a generational gap and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just that, that complex, it's just, it's such a long topic of like <laughs> mother-daughter relationships, mother-son relationships and parents and children relationships. It's just so, so complicated that I feel like everybody could, even if you have the healthiest relationship with your parents, you can relate to in some way. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. (laughs) (laughs) So what are the things, what are some of the things that you learned um, during this whole process? May it be from your peers, your, your friends who are helping you uh, in the audition process? What what are some of the things you learned? From like auditioning specifically or? Or just the entire process. What did you learn about yourself? Maybe some acting things that you maybe we're like, oh, that went really well. I'm going to do that next time or things like that. I guess um, it's trial and error. (laughs) Just being really shitty sometimes and learning from it, (laughs) humbling yourself. Um, And of course I learned a lot from like my, my peers and collaborators and um, how to just not be afraid to fail even though that sounds really like cliche but it's true because that's like some of my biggest lessons is learning from my own failures um and um always being open to new perspectives and new ideas and trying things differently which is which is um really challenging to always try to keep things fresh and trying things differently and challenging yourself and I find by I find doing that by surrounding myself with people that I find really inspiring and Hmm. almost opposite of me. So I can, you know, steal from them essentially. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) You're borrowing. (laughs) I'm borrowing. (laughs) Not returning though. (laughs) All right. So what, what's next for you taking you know, like you just said, growing and taking what you've learned, what's, what's next for you? Well, hopefully to keep working. Um, I do have a movie coming out in the summer that I'm really excited about. I'm not sure if they've come up with the title yet, but it's a Netflix film. Um, and that was really fun to film. And, uh, yeah, beyond that, I'm just hoping I keep booking gigs. (laughs) I'm just trying out here. All right. So note to self, look for you in the summer on Netflix. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. And, you know, we are Black Girl Nerds, so I want to know, what are some of your nerdy things you like to do? Oh, man. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you could consider it nerdy or... But I would like consistently 
like watch TV or read a book and then I would like transcribe it into my own version of a screenplay. Ooh. <laughs> and then I would just make my friends act it out. It's been a minute though since I've done that, but that was probably like the I I just kind of cringe at it because I would force my poor friends to do it when we were younger and <laughs> I was really bossy about it like it wasn't fun for them I just was really like really strict about it but yeah that's the one thing I can think of on the top of my head no that's amazing so I mean kind of like fan fiction in a way but you just no, like I remember this is like this is my first time I did it which was really funny it was um you know the cheetah girls right of course yes <laughs> of course we do and uh, I do. <laughs> exactly <laughs> we are sisters anyway so they would they made it the movie into a novel which was funny oh. and so I bought like the novel version of the cheetah girls and then <laughs> I transcribed that whole novel into like a screenplay oh. and then made my friends perform it but then I would do like six of the parts and everybody <laughs> Of course. <laughs> and then beyond that, like I would make my own little scenes here and there. And um yeah, so that's so that. so that, that was your early acting moments. Oh yeah. I mean I've been <laughs> an attention whore since I could remember. <laughs> like I've been acting out of the womb, performing out of the womb, let's say. Like, look at me, look at me. Like I want attention. <laughs> I love it. So is acting you think that's where you'll you'll stick long term or do you have any ideas about writing or directing in the future? Yeah, it's absolutely a possibility. But as of right now, um, I mean, I'm hoping to produce something very soon um, in the future. Um, and um, but yeah, acting's kind of been a part of me since I was like a, a child. Um, so that's definitely long term and mm -hmm. everything else will be kind of uh, in conjunction with acting okay okay all right final question bringing it back to the film <laughs> so why do you think people should go see when you finish saving the world Ooh, okay this is my moment um i think people go, should go see when you finish saving the world because it is something everyone can relate to it's a beautiful slice of life film and um I'm in it so and like Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things is in it and like I know people love him Julianne Moore is in it Jesse Eisenberg directed it um, but beyond that it's a very very beautiful beautiful film with an important message and it's kind of funny <laughs> love it love it well thank you so much Alicia I'm so glad we got to do this and I will look forward to that Netflix film of the summer. Thank you so much. <laughs> it was nice talking to you. All right. Take care. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.